We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast. My name is Bill Troji, senior editor at SportingNews.com. I'm joined, as always, by our lead college football writer, Bill Bender, at SportingNews.com. Thank you to everyone to listening to this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for those of you watching on our YouTube channel at CFB Nation, if you have the time to leave a review on Apple, that would be great. If you have time to leave some comments and a like on the YouTube channel, that would be great. Uh, thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. They have a tremendous lineup of podcasts and great stories at irishbreakdown.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Troche. And keep an eye on the main sporting news account at Sporting News. We stand four weeks from week zero and 24 hours from Big Ten Media Days. As we record this on Tuesday afternoon, you are coming to us live from a swanky hotel room in Indianapolis. Bill, what's the vibe? How was the drive over from Columbus? Uh, flat, as always. As anybody that's made the trip across <laughs> 70 knows, it's flat from Columbus to Indy. But now we're here and we're right across from Lucas Oil Stadium. And at, as per tradition, whenever I pull into my hotel room, my Phone is notified with news of some sort. Last year, I believe it was two years ago, it was Texas and Oklahoma are coming to the SEC. This today, it was Jim Harbaugh suspended for four games. But I did not op- I did not text and drive. I made sure I got here first. And uh, you can fill the listeners in on what happened with Harbaugh, and then uh, I'll just follow along. Well, yeah, no, I was going to ask you if you uh, were going to meet Jim for drinks, maybe in the hotel lobby, and then if not, next couple hours there. But it seems like he might be a little busy negotiating. That's the word they're using, negotiating a a settlement type of thing uh, with the NCAA for the recruiting violations that occurred during COVID-19. And essentially, if you read between the lines, it was simply Jim Harbaugh not being willing to cooperate with the NCAA. The NCAA got tired of it. I think the original violations were level two violations and not level one, but when you don't cooperate with the NCAA, that becomes a level one, hence the suspension. And now it looks like he may be out four games. I told you 
the four game suspension that they have announced or are talking about Pete Dammel uh, and yet uh, at ESPN and Yahoo also had it early. I don't think it's quite officially yet, but it looks like that's what it's going to be sheds a light on how crappy Michigan's four, four games are because they're going to be at least a 25 point favorite. They're playing uh, uh, looking at it now, East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. So if they're not a 25 point favorite in any one of those games, it would be a surprise. But it's just a little weird way for Michigan to start the season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and you look at the violations, and I think other than the easy fodder for Ohio State and Big Ten fans that don't like Jim Harbaugh is practicing with too many coaches on the field or unauthorized video, there's a big cheeseburger thing going on where it's like now a player can get an NIL deal for the entire cheeseburger place probably any the cheeseburger place of choice in ann arbor um it does come down with jim not cooperating and i honestly don't think it's that big of a deal um that it will obviously be talked about on thursday when michigan is on the podium it's probably going to make for another weird jim harbaugh day at big 10 media day which i think i've had a couple of those already Um, the only only people he doesn't he cooperates less with than the ncaa is the media well yeah he Yes and no. I, I mean, I think it's going to be just make for a lot of that's an ongoing investigation. And he'll he'll figure out a phrase that he'll use repeatedly, which he does every year. It's a new one every year. And he'll log on to that about seven times. And then we'll talk some football about again. It's another instance, as you've pointed out, this bad off, not bad, but just weird off season they've had that's taking away from what they have on the field, which is most people think the number two team in the country behind Georgia. Well, let's get into, so because you're at big 10 media days, you're getting ready to do it. And we did sec or um, sec preview last week. Today, we're going to have two segments uh, of a big 10 preview and that the first segment of our show will be more storyline based, more team based. And then the second segment will be more, player-specific guys to watch, all Big Ten teams, all American teams, quarterback situations, that type of thing. So 
Um, we'll start with the team stories. And the biggest story, of course, in the Big Ten right now is Northwestern and what just happened with Pat Fitzgerald. And, you know, I think the best way to describe it, or at least I feel like right now, it seems like we're more at the beginning of this story than we are at the end. Yeah, you wrote an excellent column over the weekend about how this thing, you know, looking for the scapegoat and those kind of things. And it did well. I think a lot of people still have questions. I feel bad for the student athletes at Northwestern. I wouldn't have brought any, honestly. If I was Northwestern, I'd said, we're not bringing student athletes to this. And I don't think too many media would have got too agitated about it. But I mean, the ones that are here are basically going to have to pay the check for everything that went wrong. I think it's going to be a very awkward day tomorrow. I know Mike DeCourcy is going to be on site and digging into that for us as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's not over. I mean, that's, it's going to other sports. It's, it's kind of like a disease that continues to move to other places. Now you've got volleyball and entire, you know, you've got allegations stretching. I think the only thing that came out, the president said the athletic director is going to stay, but it's messy at Northwestern, and I, like you said, we're, we're not near the end of that one. It's going to be a while. No, and it, the difference to me in this one, I forget who I was talking to about this, was that it's like you hear the refrain, well, the current student body, I mean, the current student athletes, the current players should not be punished for something that happened before they got here. And in this case, the players are the ones that were misbehaving. And right. it went on for years and it, sa- it sounds credible that the freshmen get picked on and then they grow up to be juniors and seniors and then they're the ones that were doing the picking on uh, and, it, and it turns over in sort of a vicious cycle. So I don't know how much sympathy the student athletes deserve, these football players deserve. Um, you have other scandals where there's, you know, the booster paid or the coach did something or whatever that, you know what I mean? It's like, to me, this one's a little different. The players are the ones that caused this whole thing in the first place. Yeah. And, and again, it's program. You're going to hear that buzzword. We heard it a lot last week at uh, SEC and big 12 and PAC 12 culture. You hear that word all the time. Our team's culture is strong. We're establishing a culture. And I just kind of, that my eyes don't typically glaze over once they get into that, because this is just another example of where we really didn't know what the culture was. And it's an interesting thing you said about the freshmen and the seniors, because I always, I know Chip Kelly is one of those programs. And as you know, I coach a lot of youth sports. So we've kind of taken his lesson where the freshmen, by the time you're a senior, the, the, the seniors are the ones carrying the pads because of the, what the program is given to them. And it kind of builds up that way. And that's how I, you know, like thinking about it. If I was coaching a football team, I kind of would do it that way. I would do everything I can to welcome a freshman, a sophomore, an underclassman. And then by the time you're a senior, there should be an appreciation of what the program has given you. That's one of the Chip Kelly program lessons I've always thought was fascinating and uh, not always used, not always. It's atypical of what you and the normal thinking is. So again, I just keep coming back to you're a freshman at a program. You shouldn't be getting bullied. You shouldn't be getting hazed. You should have upperclassmen preparing you for life as a Division One FBS football player. And Northwestern, that's going to be probably a question that gets fired away at some of the guys that are there. And it's going to make for an uncomfortable hour for some student athletes and David Braun. So I think at least four or five coaches, assistant coaches, have been with Fitz at Northwestern for at least five years. 
They have four coaches that were hired this offseason, so clearly they have a clean slate. Can you justify keeping those coaches that were with Fitz for five years when Fitz got fired for things that were going on over the past however long? Do you think those assistant coaches should have been retained? I don't. No, and but the hard part is they said, have they been accused outright of anything yet? And until they are named in one of these suits, you know, that becomes a weird one. I, I do think Northwestern is putting as many Band-Aids as possible on trying to put a football season together. And there were some writers saying, well, they shouldn't even be allowed to play this year. I was on a radio show where a host insinuated that he wouldn't even let them play. And there's, there's an argument to be made for that because it's going to be an ugly season on, in theory on the field. Um, even when they win, people are going to kind of be like, I remember Baylor going through this. Um, people certainly aren't going to be rooting for Northwestern this year. And those players who not necessarily had anything to do with this, but that's what happens when scandals like this break out. Right. I don't see them winning many games. They have Howard on their schedule and they will be favored. And I think that's it. The UTEP game is a toss up. And then Duke is their third non-conference and then you go down the Big Ten. I'd say the only team on paper that's doesn't line up with the rest of the league, you know, it's kind of at the bottom is Indiana. They don't play Indiana. So mm-hmm. they open with Rutgers, I think, which will be David Braun's first game. First game in the Power Five, period, at any level. <laughs> uh, first game at SBS, FBS of any level. He is an FCS coach, and now suddenly he's coaching in the Big Ten as a head coach. So, yeah, it's – you know, you say when they win, I don't know how much they're going to win. But let's not, you know, dwell on Northwestern too much here. Let's get into some more storylines. But first, some Trochi trivia. I will ask you and then uh, check back with you at the end of the show. Pretty straightforward. Um, I, my confidence level is pretty high. You're going to get this. Who is the last Big Ten team to beat either USC or UCLA? Who is the last Big Ten team <laughs> to beat USC or UCLA, we will return to that question at the end of the show. So now, uh, one of the storylines I want to talk about that you can't escape ever, but especially right now, Ohio State, Michigan. I'm sure you've been asked about this on radio shows all summer. Has the tide turned? Year one of this two-year run for Michigan felt maybe a little fluky, but Michigan certainly backed it up last year. They're getting some recruiting wins that are notable. Where are we? Ohio State, Michigan. Bill, you're an expert on this rivalry. Where where do we stand? Well, I saw that wording in the rundown. And so I think last year was more fluky than the year before. And I've thought about this at length. Like two years ago when they were in Ann Arbor, Michigan just ran and ran and ran, and they could not stop Hassan Haskins. And it was kind of that one of those – cathartic moments for their program because they hadn't beaten Ohio state in so long. They had a game plan that Ohio state couldn't stop. There was, once they got up, I was like, well, this one's in the bag. Um, Last year, Ohio state was winning at halftime. And I I remember talking to a couple of writers. I was like, Ohio state should probably be up by more. And I think what happened was fluky from the standpoint that once Blake Corum wasn't playing, it was like, okay, we're just going to wing it and, and throw a couple down the field. And Ohio State literally will talk about and lament four to five bad plays in that game. So fluky, 
Maybe, but, um, you know, it, it's one of those, I think Michigan just, they, they win that game and people are like, well, they take, they've taken control of this rivalry. And, and I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think what it's become is a coin flip. It's now a coin flip game. Whereas going in, you'd have to go, remember we had that discussion with our editor, Elliot, last year before the game. Now, I remember this very vividly. I was saying Ohio State's going to be a 10-point favorite for that game. Eight point, seven point, whatever. And you guys talked me down and it ended up six. But the bottom line is Ohio State was favored. And Ohio State was favored the year before. And I think all things even, I wouldn't be surprised if when we get into November, depending on where the teams are, Ohio State may be favored. If they go burn through their schedule and hammer everybody, they could be a two-point favorite in that game, but or a one point. And to me, that's why I think it's become a little bit of a coin flip. I, you know, people are saying, what's Ryan Day, 45 and 6? He is. And uh, feeling shaky. <laughs> Crazy. In Columbus. And th- what is 30, 31 and 2 in the Big Ten? Is that right? Uh, you know, they've only lost two. Two Big Ten games. Two home right? games in Big Ten play. He's only lost two home games. Or no, they've only, he's only lost one Big Ten home game. And that was to Michigan. So, what are his six losses? I'm trying to go through in my head. The two to Michigan, Georgia, Clemson, Oregon. Has he even lost to another Big Ten team? I mean. I don't think who, so. Who am I missing? Well, he has six. Alabama. So he's only literally lost to Michigan. Right. In Big Ten play. So the <laughs> that's absurd for starters. And here's the other part of this is I remember – growing up in the nineties in Ohio and remembering the, the discomfort when they lost to Michigan and they haven't lost three straight times in Michigan since 1995 to 1997. And that was a run where Ohio state had two national championship caliber teams that were upset. And then Michigan beat them in 97 and went on to win their last split national title. And that was, I mean, just a vial on John Cooper. So I, I was also saying this the other day, Bill, that, this summer, when you're hanging around all the dads on the practice field, they weren't talking about the Michigan loss as much as they were talking about Marvin Harrison getting knocked out of the Georgia game, meaning they still believe they should have won the national title last year despite the Michigan loss. And that's what Ohio State still has going for it, is when you talk about a team fully capable of running with Georgia for four quarters, they would be my first choice. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly... It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. But we have Michigan number two and Ohio State number four. In our preseason poll, at least. So, but I can explain that too because if the they're at Michigan this year too, that's why. If they're both eleven and zero, 
and they play in Ann Arbor, why wouldn't you pick Michigan at that point? Why, you know, the other scenario at work, and I know we can talk a little bit about Penn State too, is somebody was asking me, what if Penn State beats one? You know, they all finish one and one against each other and finish 11 and one. I said, well, Ohio State will probably go to Indy because they'll probably be the highest ranked team. So it could be one of those weird situations we had. Remember that one year with Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Texas? They did that. And I believe Texas ended up going to the national championship that year. Or Oklahoma. I have to go back and look. One of them did. That spawned the one true champion Big 12 motto. Correct. They so, created <laughs> a Big 12 championship game shortly thereafter. So I uh, was looking at the, the biggest non-conference games, and I was surprised, and unpre- unpleasantly surprised, with the lack of sizzle in some Big Ten games. I have a list here. I think you saw it. I hope I'm missing one, but I really didn't see much. Uh, you got Iowa. Iowa State is sort of a stretch this year. I think Iowa State has lost some sizzle over the last two years. Iowa is interesting to follow, but not because they play outstanding, entertaining football. Nebraska at Colorado. Again, Colorado, bottom feeder in the Pac-12, but interesting and exciting with Deion Sanders as coach. Uh, week three, we've got Washington at Michigan State, but it's so exciting it's on Peacock. <laughs> it's not even on NBC. NBC rolled the dice. They know it's a big game. It's a big game. I'm not saying it's not Washington is going to be near the top of the Pac-12. Outstanding quarterback, Michael Penix. Uh, of course, they played a pretty good game last year out in Seattle. But, uh, yeah, so NBC decided they were going to put their biggest game of from the Big Ten that week on Peacock and, and roll the dice and see how many people subscribe. That's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, there was a Minnesota at North Carolina same week, which, I mean, Minnesota's been trending in the right direction. Uh, and I think North Carolina could be near the top of the ACC, but you know neither team is a threat to totally win their conference necessarily. And then there's Ohio State at Notre Dame in week four. That's one of the top games of the year. But beyond that, there's just not much. Do you see anything missing? Or you know, what, what's your thoughts on the kind of uninspiring non-conference slate for the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, Washington and Michigan State should have been – it was a pretty big game last year with mm-hmm. what Michigan State – it was a – eye-opener last year actually because it showed that Washington's really good and Michigan State wasn't um Nebraska Colorado there will be a ton of interest in that game but not necessarily because we're dealing with playoff teams it's going to be we're here to see Matt Rule we're here to see Dion. they've had some battles on the recruiting trail I think it'll be pretty cool um Ohio State Notre Dame's a gem that's one of the three must-see games of September along with Texas and Alabama and um LSU, Florida State. So I, it's not, this is also a product of the nine game conference schedule. So I'm mm-hmm. not like overly worried about it. I mean, I will say this East Carolina is a pretty good team. And with all this ongoing at Michigan, it, it does. I'm not saying East Carolina is going to beat them, but I'm saying that's a game that Michigan better be prepared for with all these distractions that they've had off the field because that's uh, when they, the last time a, uh, Carolina team came up there and they weren't prepared for them and they were very high ranked. I mean, I don't need to be, I'm not even going to bring up the rest because tell, the tell, us, tell us that story, Bill. I remember, I remember that one. Um, so it can happen. And um, East Carolina is a good team, but they don't have a 
strong non-conference schedule either. So, and not a Wisconsin game on there. I, I didn't even try to remember who their non-league was. I'm just going to pull that up. They might have Washington State. They had them last year and lost. Yeah. You know, Penn State doesn't have anybody. They have West Virginia, but West Virginia, obviously not very good. Wisconsin goes the run-back game at Washington State, a game yeah. that they lost last year. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, not a lot of sizzle to it. But if we looked at the week one with the game day news, I mean, game day is going to North Carolina, South Carolina. That's not exactly, like, going to draw, like, 10 million viewers or anything. And I like both of those teams and their quarterbacks. Right. So anyway, interesting uh, that some of the bigger teams, like like you said, Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, don't really have a marquee non-conference game to, to, to really tune into. You want to talk TV contracts. This is the first year Big Ten is moving over to CBS, taking the uh, SEC slot. How, how do you think this affects the viewing experience for Big Ten fans? And then kind of internally with, at the Big Ten, like, how important is it for them to stay ahead of the SEC in the TV dollars race? I mean, the, 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 it's silly money for both conferences, but is there a certain level of pride that they currently have a step up on the SEC right now? I mean, they travel well. It's not, you know, people act surprised at these bull games when Iowa travels well and Wisconsin travels well. And there's still a huge interest in these places for football. So, I, you know, you, you said we took the S- CBS slot. No, the Big Ten took the CBS song. Now that song that it belongs to the Big Ten now, and every SEC fan can deal with that. But so <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. That's it is the best intro song in college football, by the way. So that's kind of cool. And you know, I'm going to speak with Gary Danielson about that this week. Like, he's a Purdue guy, by the way. So, I mean, he has to come back. It's like coming back to where he belongs. Um, And we'll see how that goes for him. And then, um, you know, the NBC has a very good setup. They have people that I like and enjoy on analysts. I think Josh Perry is one of the best up-and-coming analysts in the country with college football and a former Ohio State linebacker, great to talk to, hoping to talk to him this week as well. So it's definitely going to be there. And you wonder – with Peacock and those kind of things, it's going to sh- become a streaming thing. That's next. So I think the Big Ten has done a great job of staying in it. And even though ESPN and SEC are married, obviously, like you and I always talk about, you're going to find the game when you need to. Agree. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think fans really care, except that the, the, the CBS song is a funny debate to see going back and forth and how, you know, the SEC fans were so proud of it. And then uh, now the Big Ten. <laughs> they stole that. They totally stole it and totally going to flaunt it when they steal it. It's very it's the best. It's the best of all the like intro football songs other than maybe the original Monday Night Football. It's the best one. Right. Right. So. All right. So let's talk over unders in the Big Ten. Give me two, or why don't you go, you give me one, I'll give you one. Two lock, lock them up, either over or under uh, win totals. I think we were looking at, what did I send you? I think uh, FanDuel maybe, mm-hmm. season season wins. And you want um, both of them? See, let me know what you, give me your two uh-huh. lock them in right now here I mean, on July 25th. We just talked about it. I don't know why you wouldn't lock Ohio State in at 10 and a half because – the math of they haven't lost a Big Ten game other than the last one, and they haven't lost a Notre Dame in my lifetime. 
So they're basically, I think you're starting nine and zero, unless something crazy happens. And he, they've got to go two and one against Penn State at home, uh, Notre Dame on the road, and Michigan on the road. And I'll take that. I'll take two out of three there all day because I think they'll figure it out on offense with McCord. They'll be at least eleven and one. And there's, it's easier for me to take that one than Michigan, who still has to go to Michigan State. Or Penn State, who, I mean, they're at nine and a half, but to me, they've got to be perfect. That's mine. Well, you go ahead with that one first. Penn State, I'm going over nine and a half, and I'll tell you why. They, you know, they've got two very good running backs, and you know, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen that are coming back, a veteran offensive line. So I think it takes the pressure off Drew Aller, who was a five-star quarterback. Everybody knows had a good spring. I think it's his time right now. He's ready to go. They've got an All-American type corner and Kalen King, two great defensive ends in, in Isaac and Chop Robinson. And I just, you know, they're really high on those guys. I think they can challenge Ohio State and Michigan this year. I think they are ready to challenge them. I think the rest of the schedule, they're going to be 10-0. and 0. West Virginia doesn't really project and it's this year. they got Delaware and UMass, non-league, so that's 3-0. and 0. They don't have to play Wisconsin in the West. So I like them at 10 and 0 and then potentially splitting with Ohio State and Michigan. And so I, you know, my over under for them would probably be 10 and a half because I think they can, you know, they have a 50 50, eh, maybe not, maybe a 40 60 chance of splitting with Michigan and Ohio State. And I don't see them tripping up anywhere else. So I'd take the over for, for Penn State at nine and a half. Yep, and then my other one's Michigan State, uh, five and a half. I think I would take the over there. They have a soft non-conference schedule. They may lose to Washington, but they'll win the other two. Mm-hmm. And then, then they, they just have to win four games in Big Ten play. And I think they had a disaster year last year, coming off a really good year. I still think, you know, even with the Michigan game, they there's no Michigan fan taking at Michigan State for granted. Like, so that's one, I'm not saying they're going to win that one, but I think they'll win enough. They'll beat Indiana. They'll beat Rutgers. Uh, they got Iowa and Minnesota in crossover games. I, I think they can get to six this year and get back to a bull game and Mel will get them back on track a little bit. It's not a, not as much of a lock as Ohio state going 11 and one, but that's the one I'm going to take. I mean, Mel, I mean, Mel Tucker's not on any sort of a hot seat because he literally can't go anywhere with that enormous contract, but he has another sub 500 season. There's going to be some uncomfortable people in East Lansing looking at the the remaining eight years on that contract. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's, and they gave him, remember they gave him that contract and then got destroyed by Ohio state. And they really haven't other than you were at that peach bowl. They won. They hasn't really been the same since. So yeah, it's a big year for Michigan state, but I think they bottomed out a little bit last year. They'll be a little bit better. Yeah. Of course, they lost their best receiver and their best quarterback late in the transfer process, in the transfer portal. So we'll see what happens on offense with the Spartans as they try to bounce back. My my other lock it in over under, we talked about them already, Northwestern. FanDuel's bumped them from three. They were three and a half. Now it's two and a half. And I still think Howard is going to be the only win on that schedule. Uh, They have... I'm trying to think. They've got Duke, 
And UTEP, I looked at UTEP last year. UTEP was five and seven in the in the Conference USA. Um, you know, even if they get that one, I don't see a Big Ten win on the schedule. We talked about David Braun. He's never been a head coach before. All of a sudden, he's going up against James Franklin and Luke Fickle. And, you know, it just the whole atmosphere around the program. So I saw a highly regarded linebacker transfer to Florida State this week. You don't know how much that's going to fall apart. I would say the under on two and a half is pretty safe for Northwestern at this point, unfortunately, yeah. for the purple. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Yeah. So I would co sign that. I will revisit the Trochi trivia. Okay. So it's time. Who is the last Big Ten team? We got USC UCLA coming in to the conference next year. Who's the last team to beat either USC or UCLA? You you used to watch the Millionaire Show, right? Can I have a oh, lifeline? Nope. Let the who wants to be a millionaire? Like yeah, I yeah. had the the lifelines you could. Yes, use. do you need a lifeline? I kind of. I just need you to answer like a little cheat. Is it is it a regular season game or a bowl game? <sighs> <laughs> I really have to give you this hint. Well, huh? It's a bowl game. I'll, bowl game. Okay, then I think I got it. If it's a bowl game, if because I remember in a bull pool once, um, and this is just assuming that UCLA hasn't played a Big Ten team in a while. Um, Iowa murdered USC in a bowl game, like just destroyed them. So that's my answer. Even though I feel like USC and Wisconsin played in that same neighborhood, so I'm uncomfortable with my answer. But I'm going with Iowa. <laughs> Your lifeline was correct. It was a bowl game. It was the Holiday Bowl. It was Iowa, 49, USC, 24. I remember that game. The end of the 2019 season, Iowa very much in character, had a kickoff return for a touchdown and a pick six. USC had more total yardage (laughs) despite losing by 25 points. Again, very in character. And you know what I remember about watching that game was Iowa traveled. There was so many Iowa fans at that game, and I'm thinking this isn't – it wasn't a huge – what bowl game was it? I don't even remember. Holiday Bowl. So they were out all the way out at the San Holiday Diego. Bowl, and there were a ton of Iowa fans out there in that sun watching that. And that's why I picked USC because I was like, there's this rule of like Big Ten schools going out to the Pac-12 and just getting destroyed. So about 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to miss this one because Iowa brought it that night. And then UCLA – I honestly don't remember the last time they've even entertained losing to a Big Ten school. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I got caught. The, the previous team to beat either USC or UCLA before Iowa was Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl <laughs> at USC a couple of years before that Holiday Bowl. Yeah, I remember that game. You remember too. that game too? I yeah. almost That would have been my other guess. Or, yeah. And I think USC beat Wisconsin in a bowl game that was around like in the playoff era. So, yeah, I thought you're, that's what I thought your answer was going to be was the cotton bowl to Ohio state, but yeah, no, Iowa, I was close in the holiday bowl. So you nailed it. Congratulations. You're back on the win. <laughs> finally got back on. Thanks to the Hawkeyes. One I week losing streak down. is over. So, all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to segment one. Stay tuned for our second segment of our big 10 preview on the CFP nation, all America podcast.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.